hey there, this is your presenter, Dave Colon, uh, better known as Dave Colon for our Everything But Rock super series on Dan and Brave Presents. And I just wanted to quickly inform you that in a couple of weeks, we will be recording a very special Butt Rock Controversies episode. I know. I know. Uh, On which we will listen to a series of Butt Rock adjacent songs and judge whether they are truly Butt Rock or truly not. For example, the song from Metallica called Fuel. We'll be listening to that and deciding if that's butt rock. Or a ballad from Three Doors Down, uh, discussing if that's butt rock or, you know, something else. And so I am asking listeners of this show that enjoy this series to send in songs or even just artists you might think our butt rock for that episode and we will decide we'll, we will judge or fudge uh, them live on the on the show and make a final decision so hit us up on twitter at dan and brave or on instagram at dan and brave presents or if you have like one of our phone numbers text us your submissions and you know what enjoy this upcoming volume three of everything but rock the grunge years good night my butt is recording my butt is also recording my butt is recording three two one let's kick butt All right, new countdown. <laughs> one. <laughs> a quick three, two, one, let's just kick butt. a quick butt. three, two, one, let's kick butt. <laughs> Should we add it after the number? Let's like all together say let's kick, kick butt. butt. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, so now, okay, so now the countdown is, all right, ready? So it's one, two, three, five, four, three. Two, one, three, two, one. one. Let's, Let's kick, kick, kick butt. butt. I love the way you smack my ass. I love the way you smack my ass. I love the way you pod my cast. That's the new official sign on for this mini series. Excellent. Nice. Uh, established last week. Established, discussed, voted into. Uh, no, no the, voted. Logged. I didn't get my ballot. Vote. I did not get my ballot. Hello. <laughs> I stopped the count after vote one. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy of one, I guess. Democracy of one. That's a, that's got to be an album title, right? Presenter one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Democracy of one. Presenter one. That's me. I'm speaking. I'm not going to say who I am because first I'm going to say what this is. This is Dan and Brave presents the podcast, the pre-season six miniseries about. But rock. It is called everything but rock, and it is a 
maybe not so complete and comprehensive like history of uh, and and uh, def- de- defining the live definition of butt rock, but it's the best source you're going to find. And that's what we're doing on Presenter Brandon. Ask Don Tushio. We came up with another name last time. I don't remember, but I'm Presenter One. Hello, uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, the Ask Don is, is, is the best. <laughs> yeah. I think we also said Ask Thong. Ass thong. That or was brand yes. thong. Brand new thong. Tuzio. Brand new thong. Tushio. Yeah. Tushio. 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 Sorry, Tushio. 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 Um, you know, season five point seven five. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> five and three quarters. Um, <laughs> you know, a full like. Deep dive into a butt. You know, that could be like painful and boring. We're talking about all the fun stuff. You know, I think that's okay. Like, Brandon, you were saying, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's not quite encyclopedic or, you know, or yeah. thorough or whatever. Fuck that. What is it, school? It's a podcast. Yeah. Go to school for your butt if you want that kind of butt rock knowledge, you know? Uh huh. But. Rock, I am presenter number two, the best presenter in this show, number two, taking a deuce on y'all. Um, <laughs> presenter Danny, <laughs> taking a deuce on the listener's ears. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> presenter Danny, uh, D- uh, Dan- Danel Stinkson, <laughs> Danis, also the better name. Well, the word, the worst name, <laughs> Danis Stinkson, right? But we also said um, Fanny. Oh, right! I yeah. love that Fanny stink shit. Fanny st- <laughs> stink shift. <laughs> stink shift. Stink shift. Oh, that's right. That's right. That working the stink time. shift. Yeah, working the stink shift. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about Volume Three of the Butt Rock series. Yeah, I can't wait to. Hear you smell your story. <laughs> yeah. The, the Usually you tell a story. Whatever. Hey, check this out. I'm <laughs> presenter three. I'm usually Dave Cologne on most uh, seasons, like seasons one through five. I've been Dave Cologne through and through. But for this particular super series everything but rock i am dropping the accent over the second o and uh evolving into dave colon uh and you know how the smiths have a song called this charming man well, I mean, this is butt rock, so they're very far from butt rock, but some listeners might know of that song. Well, I am going to go a different route with the same melody and call myself this shaman man. Shaman, <laughs> like the toilet paper. Because <laughs> this is butt rock. <laughs> and uh, this is the I last ep. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is the last episode of... No But November, K-N-O-W But November, where we get you to know all about Butt Rock. (laughs) But it's not the the last episode of the Everything But Rock series. Yeah. Just the last one of the month. Well, which that's, means that's assuming that's assuming it comes out in November. Oh, I would bet. I'm going to bet it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's it could it really could come out in november volume if it doesn't though then each episode comes out a little later than a week <laughs> yeah eight days this next one will probably be like 10 days <laughs> actually i'll have to work with an eight day an eight day system. week an eight, an eight, yeah eight day week eight day week we we yeah we have a eight day podcast week here that's what we subscribe <laughs> yeah. to here but anyway say that it doesn't drop in no but november then it will drop in uh our new title for december which is a december to rectumber <laughs> a december to rectumber wait what why couldn't it just be wait why couldn't it just be a december to wrecked member yeah what you made it so much more confusing rectum rectum no, no, I, I know rectum. that yeah. it's butt related I, I got that <laughs> i got that far rectum rect member rectember rectember or rectember i hate it either way i hate it <laughs> <laughs> it's the best I could come up yeah, with. I was really no, trying to. It's make not the worst. Work. I don't know how much better we could really do with. Uh, yeah, it's hard. With the, I mean, with the Charmin English language. Man is great. Yeah, Charmin Man is great. Love Charmin Man. That's why I led with that. I should have maybe closed with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, but think about this. Like, if we were talking cock rock, it's Dick Timber. Dick Timber. <laughs> sorry, Dick Timber. That's so easy. But Dick-Sember. or cock Timber or 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 Dick. The member, but since we're working with butt rock, the parameters are way harder to get a, 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 a nice sounding month name. So that's the best I can come up with. Slim Pickens. I am uh, open to uh, submis- sub- submissions, but what about de- here we are. Hold on. At, hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Decemtered. Oh. Decemtered. Decemtered. It's not much better. (laughs) (laughs) Also very hard to say. Decemtered. Actually, do whatever you want, Dave, but, you know, that's 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 something to think about. Decemtered or like, or you know, the crisp ass season. (laughs) The crisp ass season. Oh, the crisp crisp ass season. (laughs) Crisp ass. (laughs) Crisp ass season. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Crisp ass time is here. Okay, I like it. We're going a different direction. Harry Crispass. <laughs> Harry Crispass. <laughs> Everyone. Okay, right. I like that. All right. Options, options. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of options, I just want to point out, too, that uh-huh. now two episodes in a row, while Dave uh, rounded out the introductions and said that he's dropping the accent, I kept, like, I wanted to, like, get in there with, like, a good little... Drop the accent, what are you, joke. But then I didn't come up with a good one in time, and then so much time has gone past. So I'm hoping next time, the next episode, I'll have like a great one ready for ready for you. Drop I, the I, accent? Right. Yeah. I, I go, yeah, Brandon wants to go for maybe like an actor that drops their accent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, what are you, a Christian Bale? Like, right. Uh, yeah. Offset? Oh, like, oh, like it, like it. Yes, but I wanted to make the joke worse by saying how I didn't make it and, and just tell you that... Your introduction keeps getting better, and so I don't oh. have time to butt in. I was just so butt in. Now, speaking of butt in, uh-huh. yeah, Danny's right. Listen, this is Ooh. the... You know what's fun? Sorry to butt in, Brandon. Sorry. <laughs> but this is pod part three, or not pod part three, sorry. It's episode three of Everything But Rock. Yeah. The number three 
is the most ass looking number. Prove me wrong. Prove me thong wrong. Prove me thong. <laughs> uh, eight could be like from like a like uh like oh, above aerial a, a, a aerial view. Yeah, top view. Yeah, top view. Okay, true. So it's an it's an important episode. Yeah, it is an important episode. This is episode three, and what the topic is. Uh, I just want to round back to uh, you know Dan said yeah listen if you want to complete history go to school uh-huh. but in particular this week uh, I feel more inclined to like preface this by saying our main goal here is to define the ass that is butt rock to put it into mm. as be- much context as possible okay because this episode is the get it in shape get it the, get in it in shape. shape we're shaping yeah. the ass of shaping butt. an ass. This is the grunge episode in terms Squats. of how it fed into the butt. Because here's the thing. Already just doing a little bit of initial research, we're barely scratching the surface of what like the origins of grunge are. Okay, on this. This is not about the history of grunge. This is not like, you know, there's probably some grunge heads out there that are gonna listen to this and be like, This is like with the mainstream this isn't no. Like like we're just like looking at yeah, what probably the mainstream influences are. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about of other things that were happening, but we're just going to do some heavy hitters of maybe some sounds and ideas that we found in the grunge era that help crystallize the butt sound that is to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the next level of butt origins, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Listen, listen to volume two. We went to the or into the OG. Went to the origins. We went deep into the butt origins. Yep. <laughs> Dave went back to how far back did Dave go? The sixties. We found some sixties stuff. Yeah, we did right. Some sixties stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now we're getting into stuff that is very clearly probably for all three of us. You know where butt gets its uh, a lot of its influences uh, from. Maybe you know I would say probably you know way more so. Than the stuff we were talking about before. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the most obvious like influence of the butt yeah. rock sound. Yeah. So obvious, is it even worth talking about? <laughs> I would argue some of this stuff, but maybe you guys too. Straight up is butt rock. Some of this is butt it rock. It is butt rock. Whoa. Whoa. How about that for a take? That's that's that is a good take. Did butt rock start before? the time period that we are saying listen grunge fans i'm telling you right now i'm not going to be celebrating grunge in this episode i can't speak for my co-hosts i'm not celebrating it it's too butt i'm gonna second that emotion i'm not a big fan of the grunge sound i like creed more <laughs> i do too i think i do <laughs> i think that's real i'm willing to say that too dan i, I a, agree with you that's a real take yeah i think i do <laughs> Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it because it, it actually there was some stuff I liked, but it was stuff that wasn't but. Each of us had different <laughs> bands to cover, so it's not like we all listened to the same stuff. Yes. So we no. are going to be coming at this from uh, from uh, different angles. Uh, so let's set up who we have, and then let's get into it. So I, pre- presenter one, uh, Brandon, I'm going to be touching on a little bit of uh, STP, Stone Temple Pilots. And uh, I love love seeing those bumper stickers around. (laughs) Bumper stickers? Uh, I always see STP bumper stickers. Really? I'm not even kidding. Unless it means something else. Stop those. I don't know if you're referencing something else. I'm not. I'm seriously seriously right now. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm seriously right now, man. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, STP and PJ, the uh, Pearl Jam. Stop the press. Hey, Stop the press. talking about butt rock and a band is called STP. Perfect. Ew. Perfect. More like yep. ST poop would be better. ST poop would be better. No, it wouldn't because the joke is TP, <laughs> which stands for toilet paper. Oh, my God. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> what you just said would absolutely make the joke worse. Went right over my head. Wow. Just charming man. Usually your stuff goes over my head. Charming man. Usually your stuff goes over my head. That's a first. I'm happy. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> ST I like it. and uh, and Pearl Jam, Brandon said, right? Yeah, Pearl Jam, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just want to um, encourage our viewers to get checked for STPs uh, <laughs> as often as they can. All right, <laughs> all out. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, presenter number two here, Danny. Just one band for me. That's the way I like it. If I had more than one band, <laughs> I would not have been ready to record this. Um, it's Soundgarden. Ooh. Soundgarden. What a great name for a band in general. Soundgarden. Yeah, not bad. Somebody <laughs> had to have gotten there eventually. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, Dave Colon, will, sorry, Dave Colon, will be explaining, explaining Nirvana and uh, Alice in Chains. Yeah. Those are my two grunge bands. Let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> do we treat it like do we treat it like a tracks on tracks like uh like a like a song at a time or no i think we should do one band at a time but band since, at a time okay yeah i think you're right so and uh we'll just so we'll do one each like dave and i will each do one and then like we'll circle back around and just do the final two cool yeah i did want to bring up one like kind of sad statistic that i figured out after reflecting on the five artists we picked, the five bands we picked, mm-hmm. four oh, out of shit. the five lead yeah. singers of these bands died before their time. Yeah. Only one is surviving. Pearl Jam's uh, singer. Oh my god, that's jeez. Whatever his name is, I, every yep. single other one of them died before their time. Very young, yeah. Well, you could argue maybe it was their. T- that's fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not a real take. No, not, a, not a real take. Um, well, some of them. Fa- you know. <laughs> it's fake take. Too offend. Too messed. Too messed that's, up. That's. It is sad. Um, that some of these lead singers can't be making music anymore for us. Yeah, I didn't even know that about um, Allison Chains. Pretty early, right? Uh, right, or was it after Cobain? He was like 2002. That's Lane oh, okay. Staley. Okay, so Cobain. Lane Staley, and then Stone Chris Temple. Cornell and, Sc- and Scott Weiland pretty close together, right? Yeah, Weiland before Chris Cornell. Right, because Chester Bennington was taking over for Scott Weiland, and then he passed away around the same time as Chris Cornell. You know, of all the... <laughs> this, <laughs> I should not say this. I'm going to say it. These The actual butt rock bands... Okay, like a little later on, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about them already, the Creeds, the Nickelbacks. Yeah. A lot of them want to be grunge so bad, but guess what? They're still alive. So they're not really, like, grunge, and they're not really good because they're still alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus. They haven't... They, Danny's been complaining about his. (laughs) Danny's been complaining about his job all night. Are you trying to get fired? Is this the plan? They're not cool enough. I think Danny's trying to get fired. It's cool to there's, die. There's no, it's cool to die. There's no legacy. 
That's like another thing that's lame about the butt rock bands. It's like they're not that they're not that hard rock. They're not well hard rock right. is that not the right term. They're not that rock and roll. <laughs> they're not as rock and roll in the classic sense as some of these early grunge rockers. And yet they model their sound after these bands. Maybe not their This is a bad conversation. All about this. <laughs> no, they're all white dudes. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Well anyway. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm sorry I brought up this uh, horrible <laughs> statistic, but anyway, let's talk about these bands and um, okay. Yeah, and I think how each of us influenced. when you yeah when you and also when you introduce but, your band, like maybe give like your personal history with them. And again, cool. this is not like a complete history of grunge. I'm going to start off with Stone Temple Pilots, STP. So, band that I'm not like I never was wildly familiar with. Uh, I've talked about on the show many times uh, when my dad had uh, the, like, BMI 12 for 1, you know, CD club thing. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots' second album was in there. And so, like, I kind of knew that one, but that was definitely, like, one of the least listened of the stuff that was in there. And some of some of their well-known songs are on there. I'll play some clips. But their first album is Core from 1992. And this has what i would say like their biggest song plush which i'm sure that you guys know if you don't know it by title um you'll probably know the riff i i think i know dan's like association with stone temple pilots but what what's your guys quick little stp history i think i probably know more songs than i think you know i would uh, i would say so um but offhand it's um yeah, if you were to play the song you just said, I'd probably by by title I don't know any songs. I could you'd say title of a song, right. I, I don't yeah, know. But like I, I agree with that. I don't know any mm-hmm. songs by title, um, but I'm like drawing a blank. Like you'd have to start playing, it and then I'll I'll know the songs. Yeah, there's probably yeah. like two or three well, I know really well. Yeah. So uh, like a lot of these bands that we're kind of finding out, like you know, started in the late '80s. Um, I I I think I'm I'm assuming Dave's going to touch on this with Alice in Chains, but Stone Temple Pilots definitely. Uh, I think when they were playing live, like kind of were like dabbling in a different, a lot of different styles, and apparently, they were very hated by the media and like also just other grunge fans for like adopting a style that was like getting big. Like it was a style like they weren't really associated with. They were like a San Diego band. I think one of them is from Jersey, and and Scott Weiland was an LA guy. But then like their reputation has gotten better over time musically. And, like, Wyland, something I didn't really know about him is that he kind of, like, purposely would, like, kind of change his vocal styling right throughout songs. And even just in hearing some of these ones I'm going to play, I thought that was pretty true to, to what we're going to hear. I'm going to start it out with quite a Yarly uh, a sound here. Just, like, from the first album, this is, like, probably as Yarly as I've heard uh, Wyland get thus far. This is Sex Type Thing from Core. Oh, yeah. I know this one. Remember this song. Yes. Yep. Now, this isn't the big hit. Right. (laughs) Oh, so (laughs) yarly. (laughs) This is but... We're already at full, bud. Okay, but w- but wait, just hold, hang on. No, that guitar is more grunge. The guitar is more grunge. 
the riff sounds like another riff, right? It's, yes. It's a little Metallica-y, faster. Okay, so so what I was going to say with that, like, it's it has a little bit of the, like... You can hear, again, we talked about that connection to hair metal, but it's, like, heavier. It's definitely, like, a little bit more metalier sure. version of maybe a riff that oh, would yeah. appear there. Yeah. But then also then thinking about where that would go into butt rock, like... It's a little more in the like Breaking Benjamin type of riff thing that would be heavier too. Like, it, but here's the thing: this isn't really the sound that like to me Stone Temple Pilots. Because I remember trying to learn some songs on guitar back when I was you know in seventh grade. A little bit more like intricate, like jazz chords, like dominant, like seven chords that wouldn't appear in this whoa, type of whoa, stuff. Whoa. Uh, I'm gonna play uh, plush real quick. Ah, yep. Oh, this yeah. is plush. This is yes. plush. Okay, got it. Yeah, this is this is the song. Yeah. Yeah. This one. Although, granted, this I haven't listened to the radio in a long time. This is on the radio for years. Always on the radio. I always hear this song. Yeah. yeah. W whatever the rat. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Still pretty yarly. Yep. Yeah. But it's like a different type of Yarl, even than the other song. It's like a different flavor of it. We should have performed yeah. this one, Brandon. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, this is a good one. And it's a ripoff of Pearl Jam. It's a ripoff of one of the big Pearl yeah. Jam songs from that year before. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Heard all totally. right. One more, one more <laughs> quick little thing from this album because something. This is this is going to be the, this is the seed of what I became to know because I didn't know this album at the time, like when I when I was a kid. This is Wicked Garden. That little slidey guitar. Okay, right now that. Is what leads into their next album, the song that I know best by STP. One. What? One by you two. <laughs> One. Uh... <laughs> so, like this guitar riff is very outside of grunge. Oh yeah. This is STP. Okay. Yeah. So this is 94. Like, to me, this is, like, a little bit separate from, like, the grunt. Like, it's a little bit more... I don't even know what it... What would you say this is, Dave? Uh? I don't know. It's almost kind of like Matchbox. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It gets a little heavy Matchbox. <laughs> like, they definitely pivot towards this more, like, songwritery vibe here. Now, like, again, so now, here's my thing when I was, like, listening about all this. Like, what do you guys hear aside from the Yarl as, like, the most butt sound? Like, the first song, definitely. Like, that first riff, like, sounds like the most butt. But they don't feel as, like, straightforward, like, grunge slash buddy to me as I maybe thought that they were. Especially this era right here. Mm. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. I... It's hard for me to disassociate them from grunge, except for that last song. 
The last song, I mean, the other songs I kind of think are a grunge sound, you know. Yes, I, very much that first um, album, yeah. I guess the reason why I'm I'm, I'm teeing this up is because, like, I, one thing that I'm really interested in, I'm hoping you guys found a path there, is, like, specifically what led to With Arms Wide Open. What is the precursor mm. to that type of song? Because, so, like, here's the ballads that STP was doing, okay? Okay. Sounds like Tom Petty. It's like kind of it's it's a raga. raga? It's like kind of interesting. Like Indian. It's kind of Indian. Yeah. And then the finally the last song on this album that you also probably know. Kind of Jethro Tully. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Missing a flute. Right. This is okay. A, this is a butt. This yeah. is this is Entourage Rock. Oh yeah. Like, Very Jane's oh, Addiction. Yeah. Jane, yeah. Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Another band in this realm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. So. They're, they're, but the, I kind of agree with you, Dan. Like that first album sounds like very grunge and like you know kind of of that sound. But they like they pivoted quickly towards this like well produced, uh, more like sheeny songwritery thing. Like pretty pretty quick from ninety two to ninety four, they went that way. I like some of that stuff on that second album. That's the one that I had as a kid and like revisiting it. I was like, oh, like it, it's a little bit different, more different than I thought. So they they changed. With the the trends of rock, it seems like they always were doing that. Yes, mm. they heard what was happening on the radio, and they said we can easily adapt to the sound. Yes, we're willing to do it. We have no hangups about that. Yeah, it seems like they were a little savvy in terms of how they navigated the the industry. Interesting, interesting. A love song. What band does the song? Hit all, hit all, paper, just let so that's me. Collective Soul. That's yeah, Collective Soul. Now, that's something too that we'll talk about a lot next time on the the other episode where we're going to talk about them because like they that's like the path that they were too was like a lot more like I mean their first album sounds like a similar like kind of grungy but then they really pivot towards this more song based like that song right there that you you know melodic ears and, to the radio yeah. ears to the radio I like that I I I don't dislike Stone Temple Pilots but I always did feel like they were a little bit like because they're so chameleon chameleonic i feel like i could not ever like get a grasp of them and like because they're so transparent i could not see them they don't yeah it's like they don't have an identity yeah they have no identity it's like who am i looking at this is a john doe aside from john doe of a band aside from that ballad you 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 guys pretty much recognize each of those things in some capacity and so it's like yeah, yeah they're like they're like around but like they're not as in your brain as the other stuff and they don't have that identity as right as just like oh yeah that's definitely stone temple violets it's like is that one stone temple violets i'm not sure right it's always like that with that band yeah 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 like i i think huh. it, it took me years to know who did that song <laughs> who right is scott wyland like scott wyland. Yeah. but I think where my, you going I, I, tomorrow? I didn't like. It took me years to even yeah. care enough to look up who who does that song. I just knew that. that. Yeah, I assumed a lot of those songs were Pearl Jam before proven otherwise. <laughs> but I never, I never, um, 
I never liked this sound enough to even really care. Yeah. But I, I knew these songs listening to like classic rock or modern rock radio growing up. Yeah. My two biggest takeaways are one, like the maybe the path that uh, someone like Nickelback took in terms of like going towards like songwriting, studio, radio stuff. But also, it really brought me to that question of what is the origin of, of a, like the with arms wide open type song? Where did that ballad or like power thing where what is the origin of that because it's not here mm. didn't find it here that's for sure okay so mm. that's a, a little bit of stp just a little bit little taste i like that because like we got a sense of them but we didn't get a sense of them at the same time and it's really <laughs> yeah. like the the whole experience yeah that's that's what stp is all about yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but also more yarly than I even remembered. Like very oh, yarly. Yeah. yeah, they're one of the yarliest. They're like yarly for yarly for pay. Yeah, yarly for hire. Yeah, I'll do that if it's gonna sell. Yeah. He will like do the best yarl. Yeah, yeah, the most yarling mm-hmm. yarl because he knows that's what's hot right now. Yeah, I kind of like that about him. Yeah, they just want to be part of the club. They just want to do it they'll they have no what yeah i keep i'm not thinking of the word they have no shame they're just no like, shame no shameless shame. they're just shameless yeah cool should i do a band now since dan only has one yeah i'll go yeah. The, i'll go in the middle yeah, yeah. that's slacker <laughs> okay well what i did was a little different than brandon i like i kind of tried to like find examples in the two bands i studied and tried to pick out certain examples of why I think okay th- th- this type of song influenced like a song by a butt rock artist like I try cool. to like show how uh, this spawned that and let's, let's see if we can hear the connections sure what, what do you guys want to do first you want to do Nirvana first you want to do Alice in Chains let's do uh, Alice in Chains I only know like maybe two songs sure okay same except not because it's kind of like Stone Temple Pilots in the sense that I knew more of their songs than I realized. Okay, I, I couldn't tell you couldn't tell you any Alice in Chains song like, but I'm sure if you play one, I'll, I'll know it. But like, I don't don't know any titles. Yeah. Like, I can't even sing one right now. I can't. I don't know any Alice in Chains. I think. I mean, I don't know. I think their biggest song might be Man in, in the Box. Man in the Box and Rooster, the only two that. I feel like I ever really know. Rooster? That one I didn't know. It wasn't familiar to me when I was listening through their albums. But, Dan, I will play a little bit of Man in the Box so you know, like, who they are and what they're all about. And I'm curious if you, if you like this, actually. Okay. Okay, here's Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. Their most popular song, at least on Spotify, 207 million plays. Oh, yeah. Yep. Of course. And we're going to hear that yarl pretty yeah, soon. Big time. Oh, yeah. God, you just you just know all these songs. They're just in culture all the time. Like. <laughs> so you can hear immediately. That's, that's from the... Right. First album uh, called Facelift from 1990. They're they're heavier. They're like yeah, they're bluesier too. 
and like a technically proficient brand of grunge. And and I remember the chorus of that one is less Yarl. He he like screams kind of like hey, yeah. 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 Similar similar to to uh, what with STP like you hear the like the remnants of like that glam and hair stuff but that just like much heavier version. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. And Brandon revealed in our last episode that Lane Staley um, used to front a um, hair metal sounding band. It actually wasn't the Alice in Chains, the band that we heard last episode. Oh, it okay. was a band called Alice N, the letter N, Chains. Oh. Kind of like Guns N' Roses. Okay. okay. And that was like a mid-80s glam hair metal band that Lane Staley fronted for okay. like one year. And then eventually he became the lead singer of another band and like took the title from his earlier band and like transformed it into Alice in Chains. Gotcha, gotcha. And so that, that's like the Seattle-based heavy grunge band that was very popular in the early 90s. Yeah, a lot of these dudes, they're, they're trained in hair. They're trained oh, in hair. Oh, yeah. Ha- they got their chops yeah. in, yes. in yeah. hair. Yeah. 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 And, and then, and like... This is them, like, rebelling and doing wanting to do something different. Like I guess so, yeah. Hair metal was no longer, like... It got too overblown. The hair got too big, and people started getting <laughs> sick of that. Well, and <laughs> decadence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. started rebelling against that style of, of rock. Well, and just like we've been saying since episode one of this miniseries that, like, we've, you know, seen on the internet, people saying that, like, the butt sound was kind of attributed to a, the tail end of a trend, and it's like uh-huh. they they sense that. Like, they 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 saw themselves becoming butt and said, we got to we gotta make a change here. We got to turn, turn our yeah. uh, direction. And totally. Look at these bands from this era. They're all, like, kind of beloved. Yeah. More so than any of the hair metal bands. I For think. sure. For sure. Definitely. Now, I think they have more in common musically with like Black Album era Metallica than, say, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Alice in Chains spe- specifically. Yeah. And I think Lane Staley is a pretty traditionally metal sounding name. Lane Staley? Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds like Paul Stanley or Ace Freely. I was just going to say, like, is that somebody, is Lane Staley somebody in Kiss? I was just going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of showing his cards, but Lane kind of sounds ambiguously like grungy, mm-hmm. but Staley is very rock and roll, classic metal. Now, here's a couple of, of songs I, or parts of songs that I want to like point out from this band and then like play some songs from a uh butt rock artist and see if we can hear any similarities between the two here's my first theory that allison chains's sometimes downer down tempo vibe because like they they have a traditional metal sound and that's a, a side of their sound but the other side of their sound is these downer contemplative ballads Mm. brooding ballads that i think really helped form the sound of butt and uh here's an example of that this is a song called down in a hole from their album from 1992 dirt 
hear that guitar sound. It's very butt balladry. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's very stained. I was going to say, it's been a while, yeah. Even those vocals feel pretty stained forward. Yeah. Yep. Those thick harmonies. And like, Tool. What is that, Tool? Kind of Tooly too, yeah. Yeah, but like, that's not butt. No, I know, but if it's not butt, don't bring it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys called it. I was gonna play a stain song. It's been a while. The only stain song that we know. <laughs> and there's there's clearly a, a a connection here. Yeah. The cleaned up version. So we all know that It goes from like brooding To maybe a little more just sad Just like kind of like Phil Collins Pathetic territory Yeah Yeah, add a little fill in there And you get stained (laughs) Add the baldness And the true pathetic nature Of of Phil (laughs) To the mix and you get stained yes now another thing i want to point out about allison chains that i think is influential to the butt rock sound is that their lead guitar player jerry Cantrell. well he can't rail he can't rail but he sure can play guitar <laughs> this guy is he's got chops um for Days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I want to show you, like, an example of this like incredible guitar playing in a song called "We Die Young," which is the lead-off song from their 1990 debut album, Facelift. I'm gonna bring it in like halfway through. Also, first, hear the beginning of the song, because it sounds like Van Halen. Kind of. Anyway. But also that Jarl's very thick. Okay, let's hear this guy, Jerry, play some guitar. You ready? (laughs) Was this Kirk Hammett? Like, that is interesting because my impression of grunge is that they would think something like that is, like, corny. Too over the top and... Yeah. Yeah, that felt very out of place. Yeah, but that's the part of their sound. That's from their first album. Yeah, and, like, this is pre-grunge becoming a huge thing in the the mainstream. This is, like, a a year and a half before that Out of all the bands that, I guess, I didn't expect to be the most, like, deep-seated in hair metal it's it really kind of is house of chains they're chained to that sound (laughs) okay and 
the reason why I brought that up is because, you know, according to Aston in the first episode, a guy named Trey Monty from Creed <laughs> is apparently as capable of shredding as our guy Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains. <laughs> So that is seemingly a part of the butt rock tradition as well. It's interesting because like we have the butt rock bands that don't shred like Nickelback. Mm-hmm. We also have the grunge bands that don't shred like Nirvana, let's say. And yet we also have the butt rock bands that shred Greed and the grunge bands that shred. Uh, I like this path mm. yeah, that you're drawing. Yeah. yeah Allison Chains. Yeah. So like there's there's different there's different um styles within the subgenre and mm-hmm. they're starkly different from each other yeah um but there's like an aesthetic unification among all the bands like a like i guess like a uh a spiritual connection or they're all sad <laughs> yeah it's and all like was, depressing music i guess it's like, that's like what Chains, the yeah. connection is they they've always they always were like the scariest to me like their sound was like oh, the yeah. least least approachable out of all of them totally Totally. I agree with that. Now, a couple more examples I wanted to show off. Brandon, in the, in, in the last episode, in Volume 2, mm. brought up how Lane Staley, as well as Eddie Vedder, really helped bring the Yarl to the rock and roll mainstream in their early 90s. Clearly influenced the bands that, that are butt, that vocal styling. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show off some of his most extreme cases of Jarl. And I will do that by playing a song from their album Dirt, 1992, and the song Hate to Feel. We're going to bring it 40 seconds in. What the fuck will it There are aspects of their sound that are just not, well, not even messy. It's like, it's just not trying to bring in anybody, like, that's not already part of the pack. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing commercial about that sound. It sounds like Sabbath at points, and then it sounds yeah, extremely yarly in, like, in almost a, in a f- silly way. Layered Yarly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, layered and Yarly. Layered and Yarly. Yeah, listen, Chains. <laughs> and then I also wanted to point out that they have a song called Godsmack. Oh, so shit. So take that into consideration. We did not um, agree upon whether Godsmack is butt or not, but they definitely existed concurrently with the with the... Butt rock, yeah. all stars. A lot of people put them in the butt rock category for and sure. Yeah. I wonder if it's because at least I literally only know the song from the Mummy. I stand alone, and the I guess the the military. I one. stand um, alone. Yeah, v- Voodoo was a song they had. 
Yeah, well, I just don't well, know. Dan has seen them live, so I, he I have. Knows, I like, saw them at, at Metallica. Um, they had like a slower <laughs> right. one that was like, so far away, and I'm there. And it was, yeah, it was, I remember that one being kind of yarly. I don't remember the name of that one. Maybe that's Voodoo. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Hmm. Yeah, I stand alone. Do, 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 that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I stand alone. I stand alone. But we'll, get, I mean, we'll get to that. Back to that hear, stuff. You can hear God's. You can yeah. hear Godsmack in in Alice in Chains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they definitely named themselves after this band because, like, yeah. the last song we played is pretty much Godsmack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no alterations done to the sound to, to make Godsmack the band. <laughs> And then <laughs> finally, I wanted to. Was there anything else I wanted to play? Oh, I also wanted to play this because, like, this is also part of their sound. Is like almost a Zeppelin esque, like they folksy. Sounded, yeah, they sounded a little Zeppelin-y in that other song too for a second. Yeah, so it gets also part of their like sound. And this is called "I Stay Away" from their EP. They had a Ooh. acoustic-based EP called Jar of Flies that came out in 1994. This is called I Stay Away. Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. Oh. But I was thinking maybe that clean... I don't know. It's not finger-picking, but like that kind of like uh, solo picking guitar opening a song. Any connection to Creed? I don't know. A lot of Creed songs kind of have a yeah. guitar opening the song and it, you know highlighting like the <laughs> what was that song? The the, the mastery of Trey Monty. That Trey is Monty. my own prison from Creed. That's our, oh, wow. that's from their 1997 album. Whoa. Also titled My Own Prison. And then I also wanted to point out another Stain song that has a similar thing going on. Oh, in the yeah. How could I forget this song? Yeah. So Far Away. Yeah. This is a big song. Two Stain songs, actually. Yeah. yeah. This is a huge song. Yeah. Stain is kind of like Dashboard Confessional, but right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dashboard Confessional, but make it butt. It's a stained butt. <laughs> I mean, who knows if Creed got that from Allison Chains? They probably just got that from classic rock. Like, it almost sounds more like Joe Perry. Um, playing like classically sounding guitar riffs in the, at the beginning of uh what's what's that song ah, damn what, it. What, what's their like first dream big on. song dream, dream on. on it kind of yeah. has a dream on feel a lot like his guitar was, parts in creed dream on to <laughs> i was gonna I re- very much reference joe perry a lot in terms of like guitar playing stuff a little bit later on but that's a great exact parallel of like there's like riff based guitar 
like especially like when you're a kid and you're learning like it's like tabbed but then like mm-hmm. a lot of the joe perry stuff like aside from you know like like a riff like sweet emotion like it was never like tab worthy like not tab worthy but like it's a lot more chords and like strumming and picking like it's a lot more like that like that 70s a more rock involved. thing a lot more involved than just like a riff based thing yeah and creed is more involved in a lot of ways they're involved in the church and they're involved in the guitar <laughs> and Allison Chains I think we can hear some connections for sure obvious yeah. connections but mm-hmm. my overall assessment of this band is that I'd rather listen to Creed <laughs> they're definitely good they're definitely a good band for their style but I the style is not attractive to me I can't sustain listening to that sound for more than like 20 minutes. And these albums were like 55 yeah. minutes. Yeah. No. No no thank you. Yeah. But uh good good for you guys. You're definitely very talented. <laughs> Alice in Stained. Alice in Stained. But did it better. But did it better a few years later. But did it better. Interesting. A lot of people would be very upset with these takes. <laughs> we're, l- we're losing <laughs> listeners by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> don't care but did it better and hair metal was better too yeah i'm fully on that train <laughs> <laughs> what came before and after was better well we still haven't talked about nirvana to be fair yeah but no sorry i'm specifically talking about allison chains like right I, I might like some of these other bands more yeah Who knows? i agree i'm with you with allison chains that like it's it, i've never been able to just listen to them yeah i'm impressed that you listen to albums yeah, two. Two albums. Yep. Dan? <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Sure. Um, I, again, I'm I'm happy I only had one band because, yeah, it's never been my thing. Um, even, like, in high school when I was getting into more, like, classic rock and rock stuff, I, I didn't l- even really like grunge that much then. I, there was something about Chris Cornell and his voice that I always liked, but never really liked Soundgarden. I liked Audio Slave. I did. There's like a good amount of Audio Slave songs I like because I liked because <laughs> I liked because I liked Rage Against the Machine, and like uh, and they're a band that existed in the butt rock era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D- right. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? I was laughing because it's like yeah, everybody would probably say Soundgarden is way better than Audio Slave. Most yeah. people would probably say it's the better band. Th- fine. The more Fair. iconic band. D- yeah, definitely. And and like the big hit Audio Slave songs are stupid, but there were like some other tracks that sounded like Rage Against the Machine songs that I liked. I remember I'm, that. I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I never really knew Soundgarden aside from Black Hole Sun, which I liked a lot, but I just never owned yeah. any of the albums. I like that song too. I, I was kind of the same way. Yeah. So when Audio Slave happened, I was definitely more into that. But so so yeah. And then randomly in college, I had like a solo Chris Cornell face. There was like a couple months where I was listening to a lot of solo Chris Cornell. I feel stuff. like I remember that. I yes. feel like I remember that. His his rock stuff was okay, but I listened to yeah. his Timbaland produced album, Chris Cornell. Oh, that's right, right. That's right. Remember yes. his Timbaland produced? It's. I mean, it was wow. it was terrible then, but I would and like. I promise, I'm not making this up. At the time, did I like like it and like say it was good? No, I did not. 
It was stupid, okay. but I was intrigued. It was very into Timbaland at the time, <laughs> so I listened to it. It is an it. interesting mix uh, of sounds. It is. It was bad then, and then I remember returning <laughs> to it a few years later, and it was even worse. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like when Lil Wayne did his rock album, like that kind right. of like really, right. just a don't do that. Don't mix these. Yeah, it's really weird idea. But there was like other solo Chris Cornell stuff I remember liking. Um, his acoustic cover of Billie Jean was like a oh, yeah. favorite online. Yeah. yeah. Claims that I am the one. Yeah. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie screen. I said, don't mind, but what do you mean? I am the one. I mean... Amazing vocalist. No one can argue with that. Right. And I was just always impressed by his vocals. Um, so I was happy to go through Soundgarden and dig in here. So they have five studio albums spanning from 1988 to 96. Then they broke up and reunited in 2010. They put out their last studio album uh, called King Animal in 2012. So it's six okay. total. Um, they were formed in Seattle. Of course. In 84. First album didn't come what? out until 88, but they were formed in 84. So They're I th- one of the earliest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they had a bunch of EPs. I didn't listen to any of the EPs. Um, it was Chris Cornell, guitarist Kim Thale? Thale? And, I don't know how to pronounce it, but... I don't know. And bassist Hiro Yamamoto. The drummer position was originally filled by Cornell until 86 when Matt Cameron... Whoa. Yeah. Chris Cornell was a drummer. And he then, sang and and drummed. I, I guess for those drums. those first like couple years pre their first album. Interesting. And then Matt Cameron became the band's permanent drummer. And then in 1990 they got a new bassist, Ben Shepard. And that's I think the lineup that most people are, are familiar with, where the bassist is Ben Shepard. So listen to their first couple albums, and earlier on. I'm way more into it than what they did when they were popular. <laughs> like earlier on, Ooh. like eight, 1988, um, I forget the year of the next album. It might have been 89. Thrashier band, more metal. Cornell's vocals, not surprising, were he's higher pitch. Like what he can do with the high notes is like what's really impressive. So he's doing that. It's a metal sound. And it's pretty cool. Huh. Like... There's a couple of songs that like it sounded like what R- Rage kind of gets its influence from. There were a couple of songs even early on that reminded me of like you know Rage Against the Machine type of guitar riffing. There was a song that sounded kind of primacy. It was kind of sick. There was some there's some cool earlier stuff. You're um, not playing any of this. It's not what it's the not show crunch. is about, man. Not what the show is about. Maybe after the show if you if you're curious. I, I thought about including it, but I have too much stuff to cover uh, with butt rock, which is what we're talking about. So. I went through the entire discography, and it really wasn't until their album Bad Motor Finger in 1991 that you get the sound that they're really known for. Um, And this is also, coincidentally, the first album with the new bassist. So maybe he was a big influence, you know, into that. But it's also where we've been talking about kind of following trends maybe a little bit. Although, this is 91. So, I mean, they're right there, you know, with... um, Yeah, it's the same year, like Pearl Jam's 10 came out. Like, yeah, same. Yeah. That's right in it. So, um, you know me, when it comes to butt rock, vocals are, are crucial. And a lot of Cornell's vocals, he, he doesn't get Yarly that often. I don't think so. Like, not really. Like, I don't think the high note stuff, like him singing high, I don't really consider that a Yarl. Maybe it's maybe it is a high-pitched Yarl in a way. 
so I kept my focus throughout this uh, this playlist of where he does Yarl because he does. There are songs where he does. Ooh. Um, so this song, I got. I'm going to about the day for editing purposes. This song is called Rusty Cage. Rusty it, Cage. It is from this Bad Motor Finger album I'm at the two minute fifteen second mark. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, is this lame? <laughs> is this Wyland? It's Cornell? Is it loud what? enough? You guys can hear it? You turn it up a bit. That sounds like sap. And then that's Cornell. Yeah. God. So, um, yeah, that's when we, we start getting a taste of him doing. He wasn't doing that at all in like the earlier stuff, like where like here and here, no real here, like um, right, no yarl. But huh. but the music I wouldn't call butt rock, right? It was more, it was faster. Like that was, you know, it was almost thrashier, right? Like you said, Dan. They, right? There's still even in this album, I guess there is still some of that um, carryover. Um, well, from, and so yeah. just I just want to point this one thing out because since we're not covering like the true like full history of grunge, but when I was reading about some of the like Seattle sound that like all of it came out of where Soundgarden was the band involved in all that, like the other bands like uh, Mud Honey was one that I always like heard but never really knew. I think the one was called like Green Line or something. They all sounded a little bit more punkier and thrashier but like metal so like that does seem like that was like the seattle version of that sound interesting okay um all right let's see here all right i'm gonna fast forward this song is called holy water from the uh same album Mm, creed religion oh religion there we go (laughs) so there yeah i mean this again he does it again here the 22nd mark Very yeah, wild. Totally. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. These riffs are sick. Yeah. Then he exits yeah. and he just goes nuts. You see, like this is where Cornell rules. Like this is that like that's I, I like Sounds that. like Robert Plant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. Let me fast forward a little bit. 147 mark. Oh, you just see, they go back to this, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Very so, cool riff. Yeah. They are a good band. I mean, I can't say they're not a good band. Um, those were, yeah, the two songs from that album. So then, you know, you move on to 1994, uh, Super Unknown. This is their breakthrough album. This is the one with Black Hole Sun. This is the one with uh, with Spoonman. Oh, get out! What year is this? Ninety four. So, oh, yeah. Th- this so, is a few years after uh, Nevermind and uh, Ten. Yeah, it's it's a th- three year gap from their last album. Wow, from Bad Motor Finger. Yeah, I so, would have assumed this was earlier. All this other grunge is happening, and then they put this out. Um, it has Spoonman. Shout out to Doughboys. Um, <laughs> 
Spoon, yeah. That's the reason why I know that song. I, I'm the, the exact the same. Podcast. Yeah, I'm the, that's the only reason why I know that song too. Spoon but apparently it was, it was, a, it was a big song anyway. Um, okay. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. The huge album. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so this song is called um, Let Me Drown. I'm going to play this at about 10 seconds in. Skip ahead a little bit. Okay, the, the bridge. Hit to eleven. It's more yarly. Kind of sounds like disturbed. goes nuts yeah he just um wow. we're shredding yeah i love when he screams he's very good at it <laughs> oh yeah um okay this song is called fell on black days i mean right from the beginning i mean this one oh you know what that is that's that's like incubus guitar riff right there okay Yarl. Yeah, it's subtle. Yeah, it's a subtle Yarl. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I do know this song. That's why I like said, Cornell. He does stuff like that. Yeah. I think um, I even said in the first episode that like I didn't associate Cornell with the vocal sound as much, but especially after reading and hearing more of the Yarl examples, yeah. I mean it's just like very much there. Yeah, I mean I'd say like his best stuff is not probably not that, you know, like it's Right, like, but even yeah. even in Audio Slave when he sings low, like the once upon a time like it's like it's definitely there. Well, yeah, when he sings high, then it's yeah. gone. He drops the yarl. Yeah, he exits. Like, I drop yeah. the accent over the second O. <laughs> yeah, he exits. I have a couple more. This one's called Fresh Tendrils. Ooh. I'm starting to feel hungry again. I mean, yarl is back. Now, 
they seem like almost too riffy to be a, a major butt rock influence. Yes, I was just thinking that same thing. I right. was just saying same they're thing. Too, they're too much of a rock band. They're too busy. Yeah. They're not a song band, it seems. Yep. Yep. They're a riff based riff. bluesy. Yeah. I would band. say I would say that's true. Like the music, I mean, you know, there's not a ton of you know, at least from these albums, um, you know, music influence is just, you know, Jarl stuff. Um here wait, this song is uh this song is called Like Suicide. Play at the one minute mark. Here we go. Oh wow! Yeah, big time. That's, That's hugely there. Yeah, it's not subtle at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he just has a few songs where he just does this sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like he's trying to do a Scott Stapp impression. Yes. Before yes. Scott Stapp was even around. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so yeah, I know I, I play a lot from that album, but there's you know good good amount of examples there. Um, and then, so D- Dave, yeah. you said you said um, what did you say? Did you say a band name there? Dave, you just said when, Scott, Scott Stapp. No, but before that, when you said they sound like a little riffier, because I can't think of what it also oh. reminds me of, but it it does seem like it like that stuff influenced like a little bit more of the like. Well, yeah, I'm going to talk about this more later too. But like Jack White, like a pers- like a precise sing, like a precision melody singers, but also a little bit of like riffing, right? So it's like kind of like Linkin Park, like the new metal, like I said, Incubus, like a little bit maybe more that path. Musically, oh, yeah. musically at least. Incubus connection for sure. Sexy frontman. <laughs> so Dan, that <laughs> was info. all. That was all the Black Hole Sun album, right? Yeah, those four songs yeah. here from the Black Hole Sun album. The the uh, I just wanted to play just now one song from the 1996 album, but this is when the band pretty much like the album's called Down on the Upside. Successful mm-hmm. album could not live up to. You know, super unknown at all, and mm-hmm. um, this song it's called Dusty, and th- this one goes pretty, but from what I remember, Here, hold on. <laughs> this sounds like that STP stuff. From before, okay. Like, He's just laying on the. Um, that's what's going Weird. on in that album. Um, Unusual. Didn't I didn't get to the uh, the reunion album? I mean, I figure that's it's way beyond this era. Past uh, yeah, what we're right. Discussing. So, yeah. Um, 
Should we listen to a Chris Cornell song from the Timbaland album? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, as as a band, yeah, definitely more, definitely more riffing and just, you know, I don't want to say. They're a band's band, it sounds like. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the connections to Bud is just, you know, really when he yarls the music. Not really. I mean, um, like Black, Black Hole Sun. I don't know. Is that... Would you say there's connections there? No, Kinda. I've always thought that, not really. I always right? thought of that song as like a like a like a leveled up. Like it's a little bit more like intricate and like. But yeah, that's um, that's Soundgarden. That's the Soundgarden. I I definitely hear a connection of at points they sound a little a little bit like Stone Temple. At points they sound a little mm-hmm. bit like Alice in Chains, but a. Um, like a more energetic band than Alice in Chains. Like they don't feel as like muddy. Yeah. I guess because he like his voice lifts sometimes. Like it doesn't feel as like submerged in this like drowsy sludge, yeah. sludgy uh, nature that is like all over <laughs> Alice in Chains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good band though, but ugh. should I go next or Brandon? It's up to you. We can either sneak or I go again. What do you want to do? Who else do you have? Pearl Jam. Oh, let's go Nirvana then, because Pearl Jam is like the Yarl. He's got the Yarl. Okay. He's you got, got the Yarl. Got the Yarl. He's got the Yarl. He's got the Yarl. <laughs> but I did want to like bring something up because we said this last time that like Cobain does not have the Yarl really at all. No. He has his own style that I think is also very influential. Um, but there's no term for it, right? Like there is one for the Jarl. Mm. And I wanted to bring up a couple of possible terms to describe Kurt, Cobain, Kurt Cobain's uh, vocal style that kind of sound like Jarl in terms <laughs> of like the etymology or like the root of it. Now, the one idea I had for the sound of Cobain's voice was Yelp. <laughs> Yelp. 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 Okay. Okay. And the other one was Huang. <laughs> Huang. Kind of like Twang, but it's more of a Huang. <laughs> Huang. And then Yelp is like, because <gasps> I, I think a distinct part of his voice is one, like his ability to scream, kind of raspy screaming. And the other thing he does a lot is cracks his voice for like effect. Yeah. I think Butt Rock's crack, the crack of the butt, stems from the legendary vocal crack of Kurt Cobain. Okay. I think he's the first one to put that crack in there. The crack in there? You said it's... He it's out that crack with his voice. Good. <laughs> you said it's Wang, and what was the other choice? Wang or Yalp? Yalp. I like <laughs> Wang. And yeah, I'm also, again, open to suggestions or other... Ways to describe his voice that's kind of comparable to Yarl. My first, my first kind of instinct when you kind of said that was like, grap, grap. Yeah. Okay. But I like Wang. Something because I feel like it almost has to be onomatopoeic, like how like Yarl sounds like you're saying like the right. sound in the in the word itself. Why grap? I kept thinking Why towards grap? rasp. Rasp, because yeah. it's like towards rasp, but like a growling rasp. Gra- oh. Grasp, 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 
called grasp. A grasp then. Yeah. Because he does grasp at points. <laughs> cool. Anyway, we'll, we'll let's listen to his voice. Yeah, let's see if when we hear it, it the picture gets, yeah. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll be easier to, to name it once we hear it. So Nirvana is probably the most popular grunge band. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's weird because like Pearl Jam is one of like the biggest bands like like on the planet still, but like it, in a weird way it still does feel like Nirvana is like the biggest grunge band. Right. Yeah, they're the pioneers. I mean, they're the band that first broke through it seems. Kurt Cobain still to this day is a cultural icon, sometimes known as the voice of Generation X. But the thing about Nirvana is that, like, I think they're the most different band from all these other bands. They have a lot of things that are not in common with with what these other bands are known for. Like, they're more rooted in punk. They're like a punkier, punchier, noisier, rawer band. Hmm. Like, they're not very technically proficient. Uh, they're looser. But the other aspect of their of their sound is that they have a lot of great hooks thrown into their songs it's like a lot of their music is pop songs dirtied up they do have a lot of songs that are just riffs with him screeching over the top of it but i think this their best and most well-known songs are more melodic and hooky Mm -hmm. okay so they formed in 87 okay um and they're actually from aberdeen washington outside of seattle and they put out an album in 89 called Bleach, which was with their original drummer. Uh, was his name Chandler? Hold on. <laughs> Chris Chandler or something like that? <laughs> I forget. Anyway, he's not Dave Grohl. It was like a three-piece always. Kurt Cobain, guitar and vocals. Uh, Chris Novoselic, bass, uh, guitar, and then a drummer. And their first album is like way more like grimier, punkier, low budget. It's like definitely a it's a it's an indie label. It's a complete like underground sounding thing. Then of course, nineteen ninety one was Nevermind. That was their breakthrough album. Kind of broke through the whole sound where now alternative rock was like a mainstream thing. Um and then after they became famous with Nevermind, they put out their last album. In utero in 1993. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> let's listen to a couple of their songs, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to try to like point out like parts of their songs that really influenced the butt rock sound to come. First thing I want you to listen to is this. It's a song called School from their first album, Bleach. And I want you to uh, notice if anything sa- about this song sounds familiar to you. Oh, also, like, what do you, what are your guys' takes on Nirvana? I know Dan's not really a fan, based on or Board Bill's Bill Borderman episode where he was like so sick of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah, I, just, I don't want to hear that song anymore. Um, but I don't mind the other stuff. But also, I don't know. I think I got sick of it because like it was stuff that used to play in my old office a lot like they would put on like yeah. that like pandora station I, I i couldn't take it anymore i think that's a part of it unfortunately none of it's bad i i just i i don't know if i could listen to it any i can't do it anymore <laughs> 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 but yeah none of it's bad there i mean and i i understand 
the fandom, the you know, the legacy, the the appeal. I I, I really do get it. Um, but it's not something I'll ever care that much about. Really, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, over time, I've grown to uh, like and appreciate them more. I think because I just had zero like real time uh, emotional or any type of like attachment to them. Like it just meant nothing to me. So I think it was hard to like, you know, the whole thing where it's like, oh, this is Nir- oh, it's Nirvana, Nirvana. And then I just didn't get it like when I was young. I get it. I definitely get it now. And especially I kind of a same thing that I've heard echoed many times uh, from different people that like hearing the songs in other contexts, like other artists doing versions of them, like you really get an appreciation for the song writing. And then, you know, that merging with my gravitation toward liking them a little bit more. I, I get it. Uh, but same as Dan, not something that I'll like listen to. I'm like a minor fan of them. I like their first album a lot. It has a very cool sound to it. I think a lot of their songs from Nevermind are amazing, honestly. I don't really care about their last album. It's a cool production sound, but their so- the songs aren't that good. And uh, what would I you think say is a- your like favorite for like then from like Nirv- like Nevermind? Favorite song? Like some of the ones that you like love, just because um, I really the don't. first like five songs I think are all great, and okay. then it kind of veers off. Like when I re-listened to it this time, I was like, "This stands out." I appreciate it more than I ever have. But you know, growing up, I was like, they were so beloved by the generation above us that I was like rebelling against their love <laughs> yeah. for them. It was too much, and I still to this day kind of think they're overrated. But it's not really fair because, like, they were never trying to be the biggest band in the world. Right. They, for whatever reason, just became a huge band when they could have just been, like, a cult band that was as appreciated as any other band that was as good or better than them. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like, I think Pixies is, is like, ten times better. Yeah. They have way better songs. hmm And now they're kind of, like, beloved. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like... They're kind of a victim I, of, of, of circumstance, like their mm-hmm. popularity and like their backlash for being so worshipped over at the time. Anyway, right. I think they're a, a pretty solid band who's kind of overrated, but maybe also underappreciated, <laughs> depending <laughs> what generation you sure, come from. Yeah, I think I think that's a good good summation of that. Yeah. OK, so let's listen to a song called School from their first album, Bleach. And I want you to hear. I want to know if you if anything about this sounds familiar to you. Okay. Little test. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You'll hear a little bit of his voice. Okay, so Brandon called it. The thing I was going to point out was 
this. That's from really funny. The band Collective Soul, who was name dropped earlier. What the hell, guys? What's going on here? Oh, right. Let's go to. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, this fucking song. Let's yeah. jump thirty seconds in. Yeah, go specifically to the. <laughs> oh, of course, right. <laughs> so, like, you know, pretty much the same riff. Wow, yeah, never knew that. I'm glad you played that now, too, because I actually wasn't planning on playing that in the Collective Soul section, because I was like, oh, well, you know Shine. So now we heard Shine. Yes, Collective Soul, not butt rock, but... As you'll hear in ne- the next episode, they're definitely... The path. Yeah. They're one of the popular mid-90s post-grunge bands that serves as a bridge between early 90s grunge and late <laughs> 90s and early 2000s But The G-string. <laughs> they're the G-string. <laughs> exactly. Connecting the two, so the two sides. We get to yeah. tight rope walk that G-string <laughs> over to butt rock. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like that dude, uh, that French dude that, uh, what's his name? Jordan Gordon Levitt played in that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, between the Twin Towers. Goes, Hi, it's me, Bonjour. Yeah. It's Hit Record Joe. I'm going to walk across this tower. Come on. No, he doesn't. No way. I know this. Did you see the movie? I never saw the movie. No, I never saw I, it. Is it good? Uh, that sequence is amazing, but then the rest of it, you're like, just watch the documentary. Bonjour. No, bonjour. No, get the it's fuck me, out of here. Is, no way. Yeah, with his eyebrows, and he's like, how can I do the drop um, without gravity? All right, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> but of course, but of course. That's not all, folks. That's not the <laughs> only thing that sounds a little too familiar. Let's go to the uh, Nirvana song Sorry. from their next album, Nevermind, that you guys know so well. Smells like teen spirit, right? Let's listen to oh, okay. this selection from this song. No. We must. <laughs> we must. I'm going to go to minute 25. To point out something for you. Minute 25. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Feels like Yes, that. minute 25 of this 27-minute long song. <laughs> no, sorry. A minute and 25 of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Dan, this one's for you. Smells like butt. We all know that part of the song, this like post-chorus thing. Real quick, if I had to admit something I do still like and don't mind about that song, it's the drums. Drum, it's some of the best drumming. It's great. Dave Grohl. He, he was the second drummer who replaced Chad Canning? Chad, Chad Chandler. Chandler's? Whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Chandler? Kyle Chandler, yeah. Uh, Something like that. Um, yeah, but, you know, a song we've heard many times, but I wanted to connect that part of the song, this, like, little cool post-bridge mm-hmm. riff and singing part with mm. this song that you guys also might be familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just gonna go to 35 uh, seconds. <laughs> Same goddamn move. <laughs> Rock and riff dropping out for a vocal cry to be highlighted move. It's been done before, Collective Soul. Twice from you guys. Shame on Collective Soul. Twice. Damn, you liked it when STP had no shame. <laughs> well, they're grunge. So. Thank God you did this. This episode is getting a little too serious. I'm very. Th- <laughs> I wasn't liking Thank it. You. It was a moment I was yeah, not liking it. Was it was a little too dry. Partly my part, partly my fault. <laughs> Your love for Cornell is too much for this for for our our podcast. What about the one song where he's just going? Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> There's a Soundgard song where he was just going. Oh yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> That's just, like what is this? Is nothing. <laughs> All right. I always just thought those two things sound similar and. You know, clearly they listen to Nirvana. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Nirvana. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not the only. That could be a butt subgenre, whatever you call that band. Oh yeah, we should do like buzz butt. Well, we, we are doing a subgenre episode, right? Yeah, like yeah. Um, that was was that bowling? That for, just, was that bowling for isn't soup? Isn't that just isn't that just pop punk? No, I mean I guess it's like it's a different type. It's, of, it's yeah, pop punk. Yeah, I guess it is. But it's like a, it's two thousands pop punk, which is a different brand, I guess. Reference punk. Yeah. So, <laughs> Collective Soul is not the only band that had their ears out to Nirvana, one of the most popular bands of all time. <laughs> of alt um, time. Of alt time, definitely of alt time. Because I think you know Nirvana, they perfected the uh, cool guitar riff <laughs> that Collective Soul jacked. <laughs> They uh, perfected the riff, and then the riff drops out, and he does a vocal thing, hey, or whatever. Um, Nirvana also perfected the tactic of using yeah as hook. In another song, uh, Nevermind, to even, I think, greater effect, this is Lithium. I'm going to play the chorus of the song. Mm. My The chorus is just him singing yeah or screaming yeah a mm-hmm. bunch of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a butt rock band that did a very similar thing, I believe, on one of their biggest hits. Let's go to it right now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Post-chorus of How You Remind Me by Nickelback. 
pretty similar uh, similar idea, no? Now, on closer inspection, it comes to my attention that it's very likely that Craig is actually singing yet instead of yeah, <laughs> since the lyric coming out of the chorus is, are we having fun yet? Wait, Craig? Chad Kroger is Craig? Oh, Chad. <laughs> That's incredible. I know it was Craig Choder. Um, <laughs> Choder. Oh, that's, but so, it's close that's enough, so good. It must be an influence. It must be an influence, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great poll. That's an impressive poll. Crad Choger. How is... Crad oh Choder. Did you make that up? That's really good. Yeah. I'm just... Crag Choder is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Boy genius. Okay, um, wait, no. Before you play, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll, okay. I want to hear the rest. Just got to take a butt. <laughs> take a butt. <laughs> Sir Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're pretty good. Drinking my uh They're pretty good. They have yeah, they, they have are. good songs. They are. Um I'm not a hater. I just it's just too much. It was it was like it was um shoved down our throats all our like young lives but, that Nirvana was the most like important yeah. band. I would much rather have 90s. have this on definitely than yeah than probably all the bands we've talked about. Although I kind of like some of the Soundgarden stuff. <laughs> I do too. It's just like I, I it wears on me faster than Nirvana. I think. Yeah, that's that's true. I would definitely rather have Nirvana on than Stone Temple or Pearl Jam. Uh, probably Alice in Chains too. Yeah. Yeah, they're all good bands, but I've I. I tend to like Nirvana more. E. Okay, next thing. Okay, actually, I'm going to change it up real quick and take this moment to acknowledge something Aston said in Butt Rock Volume 1 that he thought Puddle of Mud should be or would have been on his personal Mount Tushmore Mm. Uh, if he was the only one calling the shots, democracy of one style. It's a good call. And I think he has a point. Mm-hmm. Puddle of Mud embody the butt rock sound and butt rock aesthetic almost as well as Cheek One, Creed, and Cheek Two, uh, Nickelback. That might mm-hmm. be reverse, actually. Sorry. But... Well, no, it was left and right. It was a one and two. Sorry. Left, sorry, left cheek, Nickelback, right cheek, Creed. Correct. Politically. Um, yes, but <laughs> this ain't total recall. So three cheeks ain't going to work. <laughs> We're living on planet earth. There's no three cheeks. That's why I'd like to nominate puddle of mud as the honorary sphincter of Mount Tushmore. Wow. Because they're muddier, right? And oh much cheekier God. than Creed and Nickelback. You know, they're, they're a little bit more in yeah. Not as like overt. They're a little bit more obscured be- because th- they're clouded by the fame and fortune of Creed and Nickelback. So something yeah. I didn't think about about the actual place, Mount Tushmore. Yeah. In order to see Puddle of Mud, you've got to hope that the cheeks are spread. <laughs> on that day. <laughs> on would, that day. It would need to be a monument where, oh, yeah, <laughs> on that day. Like, do, do, do we need to be an option of like hands spreading Creed and Nickelback open so that you see Puddle of Mud? With arms wide open, <laughs> with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With arms wide open. <laughs> with yeah. cheeks 
spread open. Yeah. 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 That's the only way. Um, love it. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I bring this up is because I think the number one uh, band that draws from Nirvana of the butt rock uh, crew is Puddle of Mud. And listen to this, a song that we just heard, Lithium by Nirvana mm. from Nevermind. I'm going to play the intro of the song, though. Oh. Thinking about it. I'm so happy because today. Listen to the, like the. Yeah. I think I know what you're going to play. Song structure and the vocal I'm sound. So yeah. That's okay because so are you. Every day for all I care I'm not scared Right? We, we know that song pretty well mm-hmm. Now listen to this song by Puddle of Mud Off of Come Clean And tell me what you think Yeah Met a girl Thought she was grand Sounds so much like him. It's crazy. Found out firsthand. Went well for a week or two. Then it all came unclued. In a trap, can grab. What is he? What did he just say? <laughs> I don't know. Here, here. A huge song. Trust she fucking hates me. Love, 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 love. I tried too hard and she told my feelings like I had none. And ripped them away. I mean, that's so I, I truly never really like thought about how Nirvana that is. Yeah. That's crazy. She hates me, not on our butt rock ass centrals playlist. But no. it was a very popular song by a major butt rock artist, the sphincter of Mount Tushmore. <laughs> it also kind of reminds me of Summer Nights from Greece a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that. Some loving had me a blast. This song um, is Wes Scantlin very clearly trying to write and record a new Nirvana composition in the wake of Cobain's demise. It's a complete replica of the sound, like from song structure, chord, strumming style to vocal style. Everything about it is drawn from Cobain. This guy totally modeled his voice and visuals after him. Uh, You know, if you ever look at Wes Scantlin, he's got that grimy, careless, blonde look. Got some dingy clothes. And even the album cover of Puddle of Mud's Come Clean has a naked child on it. A naked child on it. Where did I see that before on an album cover? Jeez. Never mind. I won't say. Never mind. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. It's Never Mind by Nirvana. A naked baby. So, clearly... Another great great poll, Dave. Like, Yeah. Good stuff. And then, that's not all. 
<laughs> Check this out. <laughs> we'll listen to this, and then I'm going to play something else, and, and then I want you to tell me if anything sounds similar, okay? Nirvana song about a girl. Mm-hmm. Now let me know if this sounds anything like what we just heard. Everyone's problem. Sometimes After this ad. Yeah, yeah. I think Puddle of Mud's About a Girl sounds a lot like Nirvana's About a Girl. You know why? Because it's the same song. They covered it. God. I never knew that that, that's what that was when I first saw that cover. I didn't know it was Puddle of Mud. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a more recent Puddle of Mud thing. But, yeah, so... I mean, clearly, a, a, he idolized Cobain. Yeah, not just comparisons drawn. Case. Yeah, not just comparisons drawn, drawn by us. Other bands took less from their sound, but some of them took a lot, like their whole thing from <laughs> from Nirvana. So just the song, they just took the songs and everything. They just, they just honestly like uh, re-recorded the songs at a radio station. What? West Scant Scantlin? West Scantlin. I think we could all agree we could use a little less Scantlin. Especially now. He's around a lot. Ouch. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really making waves these days. So, um, that's Nirvana and their influence on butt rock. Seems pretty obvious to me. But I don't know. What do you think? Huang or Yalp? Or Gar- what you say? Garp? Whatever, oh, whatever sound Wes just made. I, <laughs> what about, what about uh, Frown? Okay, we have Frang, we have Garp, we have Yalp, and we have Huang. Pick your favorite. Maybe he does. Maybe he like he he, he utilizes all those different sounds. Yeah. When he sings. Okay, so we have Pearl Jam. Welg, last, right? Welg. 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 Mm, 
little harsh. Come as you are, sing it. What you gonna be? What? Well, that in general, I wish I did what Dave did and like draw specific comparisons. Yeah, that was a good idea. I like that angle. I definitely focused more on on the voice for Pearl Jam. They hit the ground with their first album, like like big. Like ten was like a like a pretty big album. Uh, I didn't pull up the stats. I don't know if it hit number one like Soundgarden did right off the bat. But Dan, is the first song that you think of the one that we did? Is it Even Flow? Yeah, yeah. I'll play a little clip of that. This is like one of five songs by Pearl Jam I know. Okay. So kind of like Soundgarden right there, like regular yeah. riffy. The music, yeah. I, the music, I, don't, I, I never minded this song. Never mind. Get it's it. kind of like Hendrix. We go to the. Uh, I'm not even kidding. It sounds a lot like Hendrix. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's like two or three I think of with 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 Pearl Jam. So my thing with Pearl Jam is I'm like wildly hot and cold with them. Like the stuff that I like by them, I like a lot. But the stuff that I think maybe most people like about them, like the ones that go to their concerts still and it's like a big you know following, that stuff I'm not really like too into. And then there's the stuff that's kind of like down the middle. So like Jeremy, where Jeremy's almost become like a meme, I feel like. I feel like the song doesn't exist as itself, especially because I feel like it's one of the go-to examples for making fun of the Yarl. Like I feel like so many times it's Jeremy spoke you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. So remember, I mentioned Tool before. Like, this is very Tool. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, like that riff right there, like <laughs> yeah. it's like so so Mimi. Um, but then again, too, like on this album, their ballad, like very separated from like the the butt rock ballad. Oh yeah, yep, another song. Like again, a little more seventies. So, what I wanted to point out was, like, all these songs are very Yarly. Oh, here's the last one from 10 that I wanted to point out. This is the other big one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, this, that song sucks. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like that. That, that, that one sucks. I don't like that the other sucks. one, the other ones I can tolerate. That one sucks. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never really th- like that song at all. You, you know what it is about 
Pearl Jam, there's something like jammy about them I don't like. It yes. reminds me too much of Blues Traveler or something. I know like they're not the same kind of band, but his voice sounds too much like so this that's annoying jammy. 90s yes, bands. That's to so my you, ears at you, least. That's exactly kind of the the kind of lines I wanted to look at with the singers in particular. So like Creed, Nickelback, right? Like at that point, it's like really crystallized to this like very you know melodic, obviously driven stuff, right? Um, I would definitely say you wouldn't think it, but Kurt Cobain probably is the most like consistently melodic. And, like, Scott Weiland, maybe, like, as they went on. But, like, Cobain is, like, very consistently melodic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, like you said, the hooks, right? Like, like very hooky. Like, yeah, he was, like, you know, kind of wailing a little bit on the first song that you played. But Cornell, right, he sometimes, like, relies on that wail, right? Like, he's, like, kind of, like, riffing up in there. And, like, Vetter definitely does, like, a little bit of the hybrid where it's, like, there's no like set melody like obviously there are points where it is but a lot of times it's just like fast like some of the songs i'm gonna play on the next album like it's more like like you said last week dave like feel like he's like definitely a little bit like feel not feeling but uh uh but it does have that like jammy feel which is like i think where that disconnect is for me because like that's the stuff that i like i'm like yeah do that and now that dan played the Soundgarden stuff i'm like i wish i think my disconnect from pearl jam is sometimes the music sometimes it's him too there's one song I'm going to play in a second that, like, if it wasn't for the guitar, I would just love it so uh, so much more. So what I think is interesting is they do this album, right? A very uh, cohesive sound, like 10. Like, it just sounds like it sounds like a band, like, not on their first album, like Dan thinks Nickelback was. Right. It almost like it sounds sa- like they're 10 years in to their career. 10. Mm-hmm. Now, I love, what, I love that they – this is what opens the next song. 10. Or the next album. I love how this is like what they turn to after that. What's drugs? (laughs) (laughs) This is so weird. This is the first song on their next album? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. You know this, Dave. I played it for you. Oh, this is one I said sound like Primus to me. Yeah. Now, this is when I love his voice. Uh, I just want to fast forward because, like, so he gets these, like, wild whales in here sometimes, Dan. Okay. Um, like, oh, my God. Um, I, I just so, like, like Dave, kind of like you said, Whoa. the Jarl, now he needs, like, a vocal thing. I have two more of these vocal examples that I think are interesting. Ready? Here's... This song, Blood, that apparently, like, he, I guess, like, destroyed his voice singing live over and over again. Sounds like the hives. My God. 
play it. Ready? It sounds like Roger Daltrey. Absolutely. Like when he's doing uh Whoa. Yeah, okay, wait, hold on. Almost done, almost done. You probably know this one. (laughs) Come on. But I love that. Like I love, like you know. Yeah. So okay, so like that song right there, like this band has energy. Like like I forgot like how like wild like those three songs, right? Like intense. Like it's kind of crazy to follow up like these like big like sweeping where you can almost hear the the precursor of butt rock like in like 10 more so than this like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah yeah but then also now i kind of like front loaded this with the three crazy songs here's the other song that was on this album this last breakfast table in an otherwise empty oh yeah okay this is butt straight butt This is like <laughs> 90s. Like, it's just uh, so 90s. So yeah. 90s. Like, Counting Crows. Like, Matchbox, too. And this is, and this is 93. This is 93, yeah. So, like, like, that, like, you can hear kind of the two ways that but went, like, from the 10 era of Pearl Jam, like, maybe a little bit more of that, like, brooding stuff. But this definitely goes more towards the, like, the Matchbox 20, which then on the third album is where Better Man, the song I pointed out that they wrote, he wrote when he was like, you know, 14. Waiting, watching the clock, it's four o'clock, it's got to stop, tell her, take no more, she practices her speech as he opens the door, she rolls over, pretends to sleep as he looks her Like again, nineties. Yeah, Pete and Pete soundtrack. And again, this is ninety four. So like, again, those two sounds I never like would have associated with that early, especially in Pearl Jam's nineties. I definitely thought Mm. if they had that type of sound, that it was much later than that. But again, a little bit like. Soundgarden, a little bit like musically sometimes, except for those last two songs, a little bit musically too like technical and noodly, like like Soundgarden, but like Dave said, a little bit more jammy for sure. Like yeah. definitely jammy at times. Um Pearl Jammy. 
But those first three songs What do you on expect? Ver- what do you expect? Jammy. Yeah, they it's put in it name. in the name. They put it in the name. Uh, those first three songs, though, that I, I pointed out from Versus, like the crazy, like energetic. I wish it was just that. I love that so much. His voice is just like so raw and like the screaming that he does, but like the melodies, like I, I love how versatile he is on those type of songs. And I wish it was that all the time. But you can really see how he, he like the the path for but there because I think the ten songs sound like it influenced, like I said, the Creed maybe more side of things, and then as they went on, a little more of the punkier things, and then the, the like the Matchbox twentyer things. So like it makes sense that we've that that we've you know put Vetter up there, not even just because of the Arl, but Pearl Jam too. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're clearly not quite there at Butt Rock, right? I mean, the gr- yeah. grunge, no. grunge is still its own thing, but you know, the point of this episode was to you know point out the influence, and I think we've done that, hopefully in a fun way. <laughs> I'd hope so. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fun enough to talk about these like loved bands with criticism. I think that's fun in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's not our thing, and we did an episode about how it's not our thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like, the songs I like from Pearl Jam, I like a lot. I like Nirvana, and I probably would be into Soundgarden if I knew it, but I probably won't take the time to know it. That's kind of where I sit. Yeah, I didn't. And then I'll, I'll, I'll take Creed <laughs> over the rest. <laughs> Yeah, same. I didn't like sit and like just put the album, the albums on and listen. I skipped around, you know, to find you know what, what I was looking for, and I did find some good stuff, but the good stuff wasn't butt, so I didn't include it. <laughs> I appreciated the assignment of having to go through a band I I didn't really know too much about, Allison Chains, a band that's like so legendary from this period. But I just like never. I would never think of listening to two of their albums. So I'm 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 glad that I did. I won't return. Maybe a couple songs I'll listen to here and there. But it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my thing then. It wasn't my thing now. And it won't ever be my thing, even when I'm a little bit older and a little <laughs> bit closer to death. No, definitely not. But I like Nirvana. Um, I do. I am curious about listening to a little bit more of Soundgarden and Pearl Jam because I'm not familiar with their albums at all. So maybe I'll, I'll dive in just to see what it sounds like. But that's it. My screen name, my AOL screen name was Metalhead Cologne. <laughs> it was not Grunge Boy Cologne. <laughs> and it won't ever be. So there we go. A metalhead, but a grunge butt. And we're going to come back uh, next time to do uh, as Dave said before a little bit of the post grunge pre-butt the just the tip of the butt yeah bands Pro- like succeeding the grunge wave of the early 90s we're focusing more on this like mid 90s entering into the late 90s group of bands but should we name them since like they're not really a, a they're not quite a uniform movement of bands yeah um, so it's softer be... than what we've been talking about for sure. Totally. Yeah. Yes. We're we're going to be yeah. talking about the aforementioned collective soul. Oh yeah. 
Shame on them. Matchbox 20. Bush. Live. And Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, so, I mean, Dave already drew lots of, you know, lines to Collective Soul. We drew lines to, to Matchbox. Could totally hear Hootie in that Better Man, like in the... the oh, totally. Don't the daughter Pearl Jam song. Like, that's yeah. totally Hootie-esque. Live, I still haven't jumped into. Uh, I don't know, Dan, if you've started your Bush research. <laughs> oh, I've done the Bush research. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he did nine uh, eleven. Jeff Fuel, yeah, I was just saying Jeff Fuel can't melt steel. We're on the same page there. <laughs> no, I, I mean the band Bush. Um, <laughs> no, I did watch um, good documentary about Oasis versus. Uh, oh, I meant about nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, watch loose change. Called, like, small change. I watched loose change, change recently. Yeah. <laughs> no, about Oasis and Bush. Oh, I, I kind of want to see that. It was good. I mean, Blur? You mean Blur? Oh, wait, it's Blur. Blur and Damn Blur. <laughs> different yeah, different thing. Different thing completely. Different thing completely. Different thing. I wish we were talking about Britpop. Uh, yeah. Different four-letter B band. So, um, <laughs> no, don't, um, don't know anything about Bush. Well, stay tuned for that. Probably a little bit funnier just inherently, too, because some of the songs are probably going to be maybe a little goofier. I don't know. But... Yeah, this is uh, this has been episode three of everything but rock. I am Ass Don Tushio, aka Branthong Tushio again. I guess yeah. brand new thong, brand new thong, two cheeks o, Branthong two cheeks o, saying goodbye to grunge. See you next time we're forced to listen to it. Yep. Uh, presenter number two, the best presenter in this format. Mm-hmm. Um, the number two. Indisputable. indisputable. Um, presenter Danny, a.k.a. Fanny. Uh, stink shift? Or <laughs> just Daniel? No. Daniel. Daniel. Sorry. Da- yeah, Daniel, like Daniel. Daniel or a Danis Stinkson. <laughs> Love it. Makes you laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. And I of course am Dave Colon, formerly Dave Cologne, dropped the accent. Like uh <laughs> um Meryl Streep did. The second she finished filming Out of Africa, <laughs> that Danish accent, or or her accent in Sophie's Choice, she's like Russian or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or no, she's German. Right? I like that. Uh, I I just like that you're carrying the torch of the joke. Polish? I forget. She's something. <laughs> she's something that she's not in real life, which is a beautiful Jersey lady. But I'm Dave Cologne, Colin, and. Uh, what about Dave Colin Powell? As a <laughs> sure. tribute to <laughs> yeah, sure, a butt rock era politician. Bowel Colin Bowel Bowel Colin Bowel. Wow. <laughs> R.I.P. Colin Bowel. Uh, anyway, <laughs> goodbye. Season five point seven five. Keep wanging. Keep yarling. Bye.
Bye. Bye.